0: Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass is in effect. I'm Steve Kim, joined by Mario Curtis Jackson
1: Lopez. Because I'm Fitty. Oh, I like that one. See, when you come with some clever takes, I'm here for you. Don't come with me with no... Uh, moniker out the gate, Kim. You know how that puts me in a bad mood. All right, but anyway, we've got a full
0: show. We want to thank everyone that helps make this show possible. We have Smoke and Tim Frazier, and on the edits, Tino. Tino! All right, let's go to the bout sheet for today's show. We are back after a week hiatus, so we have Fight Review, big news on the future of Showtime Boxing, Ask Mario, and Final Flurries. But first, we want to let you know this fine program is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located in Gardena, California. Just 20 minutes away from downtown. Town, Los Angeles. Check out the latest promo. So find Sundays where they're giving away tons of cash. Beat the stadium traffic and play your favorite games at Hustler Casino. For more info, go to hustlercasino.com.
1: Also, thanks to our sponsor a neighbor right here in Hollywood, Scout Micro LA. They offer a unique and innovative hair loss solution for men. They do a thing called SMP, which basically restores and replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing tiny particles of pigment into the scalp giving the illusion of hair it looks very natural really cool actually you can see results in little as one treatment they can restore hairlines make it appear more dense and and uh, uh thicker if you're starting to lose it also it can camouflage burns or any other skin conditions you may have on your scalp they use the highest qualities of tools if you're going bald or just looking for a new look call our homies over at scalp micro la if you mention this ad you get a free consult if you're getting thin he'll help fill he'll you in That's so right. let's
0: get started All right, let's go back to October 7th, (laughs) Sheffield, England on Mm. the zone. The WBA featherweight title was on the line. And for about six and a half, nearly seven rounds, it was Lee... Dead Wood. But he comes to life zapping Josh Warrington with a right hook that he never saw, then a four punch combo. Put him out of out of the fight. A dramatic turn of events. Mario Lee Wood announced recently he's abdicating that title. I thought he looked like a guy that needed to move up from one twenty six.
1: Well that's the wonderful thing about um boxing is that you're never truly out of it right you always have that puncher's chance and uh case in point in uh in this fight you mentioned he was losing and if he took a lot of uh damage he was able to pull it out i don't know how the how that might bode for him in the future considering maybe he had a lot of wear and tear took some time off his career as a whole um i'm interested in the mindset of uh, of Wood up until that point. Did he have a go-for-broke moment? Did he just happen to time him? Was, I'm curious as to how, what was going on in his mind uh, prior to that. It reminds me a lot of the fight with Castro and um, John David Jackson yes. down in Mexico on the Chavez undercard and Tony Lopez way back in the day. I may be de- dating myself right there, but that fight would have been stopped had it been here in the States. But talk about a guy who was getting beat in every corner of the ring and came back with the most beautiful left hook and had him out. So sort of similar in that vein. Kudos to him. We'll see how it affects him in the future. But man, that was all over social media and uh, a a highlight knockout video. The one thing about Warrington, he doesn't hit hard, but he hits a lot. It's Mm. like a
0: hornet's nest just coming at you and you could see Lee Wood was one of those guys. He felt like he was underwater. He saw things coming. He couldn't do anything about it. Tried to pull the trigger and every one of his movements looked so labored but that one shot bang he just snapped off a right hook and the fight was over Mm. and i guarantee warrington's probably sleeping every night thinking how did i lose that fight because it looked like after six rounds it's only going one direction but that's the beautiful thing about boxing you can hit the proverbial 10
1: run home run and 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 the cards in um in, in, in the UK, they have so much energy and there's so much yeah. passion. It, makes it the knockout even that much more dramatic and it makes the event itself uh, sort of elevated and that much more exciting. Later
0: that night, also on the do- Zone from the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, brought to you by Golden Boy Promotions, a cruiserweight eliminator, Gilberto Zerto Ramirez, with a solid workmanlike 10-round decision over the working man, Joe
1: Smith. Now, I know Joe Smith had... Uh, taking a bit of a hiatus, and we haven't seen him in the ring in the, in a while, but I remember the last show we talked about it. He is still a heavy-handed guy, and I thought a heavier Joe Smith might be even a more dangerous Joe Smith. Um, but Zordo, though, I thought looked good. Dude, I don't know how the hell he ever made 168 at one point. Yeah. Dude, he is a big yeah. dude. Even at cruiserweight, he looks big. I don't know how he made himself that small, but he fought exactly how he needed to to beat... Joe Smith, and he's a big guy, but as a southpaw, he's still pretty elusive in there. He showed good boxing um, fundamentals, and he was uh, had him kind of twisted around with his feet, and uh, was showing different angles. and I thought he looked good in that weight. He says he's comfortable wants to stay here. I don't know how much it improved his punching power, but it was enough to keep off a heavy-handed guy like Joe Smith and it seems like his confidence is back. He and Golden Boy needed the victory.
0: Yes, and the one thing about the cruiserweight division historically outside of names like the real deal Evander Holyfield <laughs> and very feel Alexander Usyk, it's generally the red-headed stepchild of all boxing divisions. He gives it a little bit of if not star power, brand awareness. Cuz I think most I think hardcore fans know who Zerto is. Mm -hmm. And this was an eliminator. I think he's in line. The question is, based on what you saw and who he faces for a belt, would you have one more fight, a tune-up type, at cruiserweight, or do you go straight
1: for a title shot? You know, because he's got so many fights under his belt, uh, and he's a veteran, I don't have a problem with him going straight to the title shot, depending on which champion. Right. I think that is the key variable. That's the key. You know what I mean? But if he was a guy like... Janabek, one we're going to get to, who's only got like 15, 16 fights. Then that's different. Maybe we go one more. But Jordanville's got a lot of fights. Under yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, so this past weekend, October 14th, from Down Under in Australia, it was a Showtime. And the newly minted WBO junior middleweight champion of the world, Tim Zhu, he got a good night's work from the tough game. Uh, Brian Mendoza winning over 12 rounds 116, 111, 116, 112, 117, 111. Mario, first six rounds, I thought this fight was relatively even, but then
1: Tim Zhu really showed his class in the second half. Mendoza's tough. Ooh. Mendoza's tough, and he came there to fight, and he just didn't want to lay down, and he had a valiant effort. So, tip of the hat to him. I think the activity of Zhu, this being his third fight, this year, actually the past seven, seven months. months. Yeah, seven months. That's considered Henry Armstrong-esque in this day and age. That's really, really busy. That's kept him sharp. That's kept him focused. He fought essentially his hometown. And I think when it was even a midway point, that experience... um Proved uh, uh, worthy. He was able to pull away, started to put more pressure and started to really let his hands go and do some damage. I really like the improvements that Zoo has made. I think his confidence right now is at an all-time high. And I think the fact that he has been so active, he's kept really, really sharp. Outside of a Charlo, which we just saw not too long ago with um, Canelo, I don't think there's anyone that I would favor over him at 154. He's essentially the star in this weight class right now do you agree
0: i he's the biggest draw in australia but he said like neil diamond he's coming to america he feels as though he's got bigger frontier coming to, to, to america today, today. <laughs> but anyway um but again i'm not so sure Jermel charlo making that big money fighting at super middleweight now wants to come back down to weight classes to face this guy let's go back to tim zoo february of 2022 when he fought terrell Gaucher. When he got dumped on the canvas by that right hand in the first round i said to myself he is not ready he's not seasoned for a germell charlo then he waited around the rest of the year thought he had charlo at the beginning of january that fight got canceled i love the fact that his team said you know what we're not going to wait on anybody we're going to work on ourselves and think about it the last seven months he's dispatched of tony harrison Carlos Ocampo Ocampo and now Mendoza. That's a pretty you good little either, run there. You either sharpen the blade or it gets dull. There's no in-between. It's a black or white situation. I think he's one of the sharpest blades in boxing, and I'll make this proclamation right now. If Tim Zhu was matched up with Jermel Charlo in the first quarter of 2024, I don't know if
1: he'd be favored, but I would pick Tim Zhu. I agree with you, and... Here's the thing. I think he look, I wouldn't be upset with him if he squeezed another one in, but, but towards the, towards the end of the year, because he's done such a smart thing, which we've discussed before him and his team is not only stay active to sharpen his tool, but also to build his brand. Yes. He's now very marketable. Like I said, I think he's the star, even though he's just fought in Australia um, in this weight class. I think he'll have more momentum not just physical, brand-wise, marketing-wise, going into a fight, assuming if it was going to mm-hmm. be with someone like a Charlo, which I'd really like to see. I think Charlo wouldn't have a problem going down if it was to unify those belts, and I don't think he'd be so reluctant because I don't think he has so many options based on that last performance, and like we said, I don't think too many people are going to want to, or clamoring yeah. for that fight. But he can, this is a, a very... uh very much a bounce back fight to get his respect back if Charlo could come back and look impressive doing it so i really um like that fight but fighters out there should look at zoo and say look that's how you carry yourself as far as staying active that's the right attitude to have staying active sharpening your tools and building your brand the only time like i said i think it's debatable where, where you're not staying um, may, you're, where you're maybe not staying as active is it was like a case like when Gennady Golovkin was going to fight a Canelo again and that was inevitable then okay maybe I don't do that other fight because he's a, he's a veteran already he's proved himself and you're waiting for that huge payday if you don't have a Canelo around the corner then you got to stay busy man. Yeah Tim Zhu is now 24 and 0 17 knockouts and can we give
0: Mendoza some credit the number three rated junior middleweight coming into this fight by Ring Magazine he was coming off a win over one of your favorites Sebastian Fundura he was was tougher than a combat boot.
1: No, he's tough, man. Uh, I, he's, I mean, no, he's 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 really tough. And look, I I like that kid and I I think Zoo too has performed well um in his hometown which I think Says a lot about him, too, character-wise. Like we were talking about Regis Progre, who I like that kid, and we might get to him a little bit later, too. It can go one way or the other. You could be distracted. It can go a lot. The fact that he can handle that pressure and has thrived on it, I think when he comes to Vegas, he's going to have like, assuming it's Vegas, he's going to have like, I have nothing to lose, screw it attitude. He might even let those hands go uh, even a little bit more. I really am high on him doing well outside of the comforts of his home.
0: It is uncanny how not only he looks like his father, but his movements in the ring are a lot like cost you it is like looking at a bigger version yeah. almost a mirror image of the thunder from he, down he does under look a lot like him. Uh, also on this night from rosenberg texas on espn brought to you by top rank we have a new unified <coughs> middleweight champion of the world he holds the wbo and ibf middleweight titles janabek alam khanala uh, with the tko and six award vincenzo gualtieri say that again, again. Uh, alam khanala <laughs> yeah. god bless you it almost sounded janabek the same um janabek <laughs> is now a two belt holder Here's the thing. I don't know what this did for him. It did add to his collection. He did what he's supposed to. I looked at that other side of the ledger. They're all hauled by PBC. I know. They're all at PBC. Like Erislandy Lara. Right. Um, Carlos Adames. Jermal Charlo, who has not fought in two years. And he says he wants to unify or become undisputed. I don't know if politically it lines up for Janabek.
1: This I do know. Janabek is the best middleweight in the world. Ooh, you're going out there. Flat out flat out, and I don't think it's debatable. I got to see him train up close and personal um, out here at uh, at Brick House. First of all, he's a big middleweight and a southpaw, and my guy is disciplined. But the way and what I loved about this fight is he'll put his hands down, right, if you noticed. He'll put his hands down, and he kind of baits that jab. And as soon as he gets you comfortable and, and the guy will do a double jab, he comes over with that big right hook. Comes over with that big right hook. Boom, in the uppercut. He did that three times beautifully. He'll go, he'll jab, and then he'll bring it down. He'll bring it down. He'll wait for you to faint. He's such a smart fighter laying these traps. He'll bring it down. He'll wait for yeah. you to come. Boom, comes over. Comes up with yeah. the right hook. He had him and he rocked him every time he did that. I go, oh, he's smart. He's setting traps and he's smart. He's disciplined. He's, he's fast, not crazy flashy. Fast enough to get those punches off quick. And he's got some pop. And I think because of his size and his southpaw um, stance, I don't think anybody messes with him at middleweight. I really don't. And I saw a picture that he had right next to Crawford, too. Bro, he is huge, especially next to Crawford. Crawford talking about wanting to go to yeah. uh, Canelo, which we've talked about. Why don't you try? Let's 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 win a belt. Um, if you were to beat a Jenebec, then maybe that'd make it a little bit more intriguing Keep for this me. In mind. But let me tell you something. I don't even know if that's so easy, and I don't even know if that. I'm telling you, this. I was really impressed by him from what I've seen him in the gym and the way on that last performance. I don't. Who would you favor against him in the middleweight division, Kim? As of right now, nobody, because activity matters. That's, and, right, and that's look, another point.
0: Here's the thing with Janabek, who's a Kazakh, just like Anadi Golovkin. Doesn't have the power, doesn't have the star power or the appeal. He's a twitchier, more reflexive athlete. Yes, and like you said, he's a little bit more of a slick guy in terms of being fluid and being able to counterpunch. I do think if he wants to get to where he wants to go, which is eventually the bigger fights, he can't just be twice a year fighter. Here's the thing. I believe he's right around 30 years old. He's at 15 and 0, and he keeps fighting twice a year. So they're going to have to, top rank's going to have to get creative
1: here. He's got to take the Tim route.
0: Yes, he does. And I don't know if that's available to him, given the system that he's on with ESPN. But look, Janabek, sometimes it's not if you win, it's how you win. He looked impressive. And he took care of Gualtieri the way he was supposed to. He Mm -hmm. didn't struggle. There was no moments of doubt. He just dominated him. And he also had surgery on one of his hands. So you could tell now he's a two-fisted offensive machine mm-hmm. and i agree with you based on what we know right now not talking about pedigree not talking about the past, there's not a single middleweight that i would say would be a betting favorite over janabek i agree all right and we come back with more of the three knockdown rule on the ufc fight pass This podcast is sponsored by Hustler Casino, located in Gardena, California, just 20 minutes from downtown L.A. Check out the latest promo, So Fine Sundays, where they are giving away tons of cash. Beat the stadium traffic and play your favorite games at Hustler Casino. For
1: more info, go to HustlerCasino.com. Shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually very realistic. You can see the results in as little as one treatment. They create and restore hairlines, give the appearance of density to thinning hair. So if it's starting to go, it'll look a little thicker. If you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh, look this summer, check out our homies over at Scout Micro LA and mention this ad for a free consult.
0: And we're back on the three knockdown rule on the UFC Fight Pass. And we just want to let you know if you'd like to get involved with the three knockdown rule and sponsor our fine program We still have some slots available. Please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io. Once again, that's info at boxbid.io. Boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships. We are proudly working with boxbid.io all right and we move on to the fight preview this saturday night from the famed forum in inglewood california on the zone brought to you by golden boy promotions we have a welterweight crossroads fight a lot of stuff on the line alexis rocha takes on giovanni santian a battle of two undefeated Southland welterweights looking for bigger and better things mario this is a constant theme with me and the show activity matters alexis rocha since the summer of 2021 after losing that one fight to speedy rashidi ellis you know this will be his eighth fight and every
1: fight he seems to get a little bit better love it and i agree and he's looked sharp the last couple of times i've actually got to see him live the last couple of times he puts in a lot of hard work he seems like a disciplined kid and i'm looking forward to hopefully seeing uh the momentum continue i love that this fight is here in la at the forum and uh good on bolden boy for keeping him busy you know alexis
0: rocha comes in at a perfect time remember The night that he fought at the YouTube theater when we went out there, earlier that day, Terrence Crawford visited the Golden Boy office. Remember the the Crawford Spence fight? He
1: he wanted that smoke. Because
0: remember, Alexis Rocha, I believe, is number one in the WBO. They were willing to take that fight. Now, this may actually work out for Rocha because if Terrence Crawford says, you know what, my days at 47 are over, that means there's four (laughs) vacant belts. Think about that. Now, if you're Rocha, instead of facing maybe the best – most difficult fighter in the world you might just face a regular guy and because of the activity unlike Virgil Ortiz guess what
1: he can still make 47 you know what a- activity matters well yeah it does because you know why you said Virgil Ortiz my mind went oh yeah <laughs> god isn't that crazy how absence just you really you start forget about it. and I we were high on Virgil Ortiz I mean is his health have you been hearing is it Is it okay at the moment? Well,
0: look, we're going to bring in Eric Gomez who couldn't make it today to answer some questions. I believe there's been a statement made that he's moving up to 54. Yes. But here's the issue. I don't even recall the last time he fought. I believe it was Michael McKinson. That's what I'm trying
1: to say. In the summer of 2022. That's what I'm saying. We were really high on him in this case. It's just like, yeah. On the flip side, Rocha has been thriving and been very busy, so I'm excited for these
0: Alexis Rocha, since the time he took over for Virgil Ortiz when he dropped out of the fight at the Galen Center, the USC basketball gym, every fight he seems to bring along more and more fans from the Orange County, Santa Ana area. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He has an exciting style. He's getting better. And I spoke to his manager trainer, Hector Lopez, who says, Steve, uh, there's two things happening now. Not only are we fighting more, but I get to spar my guy less and he's fresher. Going into fights. And I asked Alexis earlier this week, how do you like the activity? He said, Steve, I'm a much more relaxed fighter than I was three years ago. I used to be really nervous going into fights because I didn't do it. Now I step into the ring, it's much more comfortable. Again, activity matters. Also on the zone from across the pond, Jorge Linares. He's still at it taking on the tricky crafty jack Catterall. so good luck to jorge lennard yeah uh mario some news that came out on tuesday morning first reported by various people i believe mike coppinder of espn it looks like after a 37 year Mm. run in the sport of boxing Showtime Boxing is shuttering its program by the end of the year. What I'm being told is they have the November 25th card, the pay-per-view with uh, David Benavides and Demetrius Andrade, and they're going to do a farewell show on December 9th, and the names that I'm hearing are Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia in separate fights. Let's go back. Ten years ago, in 2013, if I would have told you, hey, Mario, in ten years, there'll be no HBO or Showtime, what would you have told me? I would have cried.
1: <laughs> I've been really, really sad. We're that's our era. That, that I, I, it makes me sad hearing it. Now, what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping, because at the moment it just leaves what ESPN and his own. What I'm hoping is that the streamers will want to get into the fight game. And there's actually been some conversations um, that I've had with Oscar that they've been they've already been having. Oh, so if it's um, supplanted by these streamers and maybe they all start getting in on the action, then maybe it's a good thing and it's just sort of a changing of the guard. It's called evolution. Right. But, man, it's it, it's a sad end of the era because think about all the wonderful fights, both on HBO and Showtime and, and some of the best, best fights we've ever seen. It's It, it makes me, makes me kind of sad and it also makes me feel freaking old.
0: Yeah, you know, in <laughs> 1986 was their first fight for, and, I, and I remember it. <laughs> Very fondly yeah, you because. You were 20 then. Well, no, it was. No, no. <laughs> yeah. It was the Came day. It was actually the day I moved from Valencia, California to Montebello because I remember reading the newspaper. The first broadcast they ever did was kind of a pay per view closed circuit thing Marvin Hagler against John Mugabe, which ended up being the was final victory wow. of Marvin Hagler. And the first regular Showtime fight was in September. And it was a huge upset. Donald Curry was thought to be the number one boxer in the world, yeah, got right. upset by Lloyd Hunigan. Wow. And throughout the years, they developed. They were kind of like the Hertz to the Avis, the Pepsi to the Coca Cola of HBO.
1: So I remember a lot of these fondly by by the broadcast teams themselves, of course on HBO. when we had them on recently. We had Jim Lampley uh, along with Larry Merchant, Emmanuel Stewart, Emmanuel Stewart, then Roy, Roy Jones, Jones Max, Max Kellerman came in. Max Kellerman, yes, Showtime. We had Al Bernstein along with. God, I just Steve als- Albert, Steve Albert. I'm saying that's Bobby what i Bobby Bobby, dude, Bobby Chess was good. Ferdy, Pacheco. Ferdy Pacheco. Ferdy Pacheco was good. I thought Bobby Chess and nah, Ferdy Pacheco were good. Nah. You didn't like him as on, on the mic.
0: I I always thought he was kind of a blowhard, and I I like. Ferdy and Pacheco. I'll never forget that during the Pernell Whitaker Chavez fight, he kept calling him Pee Wee Whitaker. And I'm like, Farty, it's Pete. He just killed me that night.
1: <laughs> Pee-wee. So oh, come come on, Pee-wee. His he was like 80-something already. <laughs> he was great. He was great. I liked him. And Bobby Chez is one of, he was a very articulate guy. I might say one of the best fighter-turned-broadcasters ever. Would you say that? Yes. He had I think the, it was part of Mensa. He was. He was a smart guy. Had, that, some smart guy. He had some and, issues. Gets had some issues, he was a smart guy. But he was great. But I remember the broadcasting. It's because I remember the voices and the moments. Bobby Chez, Al Bernstein, Steve Albert. Who else? Um... The Pauline Malignaggi That's the first oh. time for a while Yeah And then also Steve Farhood Steve Farhood yes Played See, a big Steve, role Steve Farhood yeah See these names now I'm, I hear the voices And it takes me back To all the my fights favorite, and stuff uh, My favorite yeah.
0: moments On Showtime I still say the greatest fight That I ever saw
1: Castillo, Castillo Corrales Castillo that, that was part one. of the
0: Late great Jay Larkins
1: No That wasn't even a sold out crowd That was just 4,000 people. people I know I couldn't believe a week, it You know why that. It was
0: the week before Trinidad Winky Wright so people had a decision to make. Which fight do we
1: go to? That fight and, I was at, too. I, was at the, I chose the Winky right one. Boo. Yeah. He won that night, though.
0: Uh, Jay Larkin, remember, he won. Yeah. Jay Larkin, God rest his soul, taught me so much about this business of boxing. And I'll never forget, the first time I met him, they were doing the Henry Akinwande Evander Holyfield fight. Oh, my God. Fight. I remember that. Big Tulski. Wow. And what happened was that fight got canceled because he had hepatitis. Yes. yes so uh, we're that. at the... Planet. We're at it's some crazy. place in Hollywood where there was a press conference. And I asked a question that Jay Larkin didn't like, because that was the HBO sure. battle between, <laughs> are we going to make the Lennox Lewis Holyfield fight? Because that was a network battle. Jay Larkin, I'm a young guy on the beat. And Jay Larkin comes up to me after. He goes, hey, I heard you've been killing us on the radio, kid. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't really like some of your fights. He goes, he looks around and goes, do you have time to talk afterwards? And I'm like, oh my God. So he waits till everyone leaves and me and him are all alone at this Planet Hollywood or something, um, talking. And he goes, so what is your problem with Showtime boxing? Why are you killing us on your show? Because I was doing a weekly show called The Main Event. And I referenced the card where they did with Bernard Hopkins and some other guy where both guys faced opponents, one of them being John David Jackson, after they had both been knocked out. Mm. And I said, Jay, you recently did a doubleheader where both A-sides were facing guys who came off of KO losses. And Jay Larkin goes, you know what? You're right. Because I've been telling my boss, Dinkins, that this Don King deal is killing us. Mm. So if that's what you're saying, that's legitimate. That's that's fair. And we became great friends. Nice. And he taught me so much about the business. And he's the one who came up with great fights. No rights. In other words, I'm just going to make fights or right. buy fights. That's the way it should be. But no exclusive deals. That,
1: that's the way it should be. Don King for a second. <laughs> <the> great, <what laughs> oh, great, oh, God. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He's still alive,
0: too. Showtime boxing. <laughs>
1: anyway. Revenge, the rematches. That was on Showtime. May 7th, 1994. That was great. A lot of the Chavez run was on Showtime, so was a lot of the Tyson run. By the way, do you and know on the on.
0: Don King contract that was leveraged because of the Mike Tyson, right? Because he took all his business from HBO. Mm-hmm. And so every part of his deal was after every card, Freddie Pacheco had to interview Don King. So from 1991 all the way to like 98, Don King always had to give like a spiel at the end. And every guy, Ferdy, we did a great job. Showtime boxing, number one. And every, no matter, it could be the worst fights in the world. Oh, my God, more bang for the buck, more dynamite for the dollar. (laughs) So and I'm like, wow. And so every time he'd go on HBO, they wouldn't interview him. And it would be really contentious (laughs) between him and Larry Merchant. But let's take a look at the evolution of boxing and broadcasting. There used to be a time all the fights were on radio. Then they used well, to be on really going back. closed circuit, but I'm saying, yeah, then they used to be on network TV, CBS, ABC, NBC. Then it became premium cable. Then it became along with that pay-per-view. The streaming thing has already been going on for about seven, eight
1: years. It's not that new. No, and, and, and then more but and more. Them, but them having, they don't have any live content, really. They started well, to get into concerts ESPN recently. ESPN Plus no, no. Correct. We're talking
0: about Amazon. Yeah, no, places I'm, like no that. but I'm,
1: but ESPN and the Zone or sp- specifically sports. I'm talking about Netflix, right? Hulu, right? Amazon, right? Those they don't have any right. live. So content. I don't
0: look at this so, as like this tragic event because it's the
1: evolution of sports. If it content happens, and, and we need confirmation well, if it happens. If I gotta imagine because live content is king now because there's there's such a clutter with all this content. I. Being the eternal optimist, think this is going to be actually good for boxing in where it'll get well, elevated and we might have more hold on. exposure. Hold on. So here's the thing. Am it, I crazy to think that? No, but you're
0: not. This is not the end of the PBC. The PBC, once again, is just going to move. They've been through a lot of networks. Trust me, uh, they, they've they been through more networks than Liz Taylor had husbands. OK, it is what it is. Old reference. I know. I get it. Wow. But
1: <laughs> but Marty feeling old and I got this guy over <laughs> here making Liz Taylor. references. Yeah. Um, OK, Richard Burton. But anyway,
0: so I have a question. What if this leads to even more division, though? Because I don't like these networks when they say we're getting in the boxing and they marry one promoter. See, that has been a huge need, issue the last 25 the J- years. We need
1: the Jay Larkin approach. We need the Jay Larkin or Luda approach. Bella. Or you the, the boxing czar? That's right. That's right.
0: But anyway, a tip of the hat to Showtime Boxing. 37 memorable years. I, I made a lot of friends on that side. Are I, I going to try to make it a point to go to the last show? Uh, probably not. Because <laughs> did you know on that night, December 9th, <laughs> That's pro Gray Haney on, on pay per view. Oh, top,
1: top pro Haney? Who's uh, the zone? The zone, right? In San
0: Francisco. Yeah, you
1: know what? I might buzz out to that. To
0: San Francisco.
1: That's a quick little flight.
0: Okay, wear you shoes want, and be careful on the streets there. Yeah. Just you letting you buzz know, out to that? not really. And then also, it's, HBO it's has a budget. card.
1: Not HBO. ESPN. I'm going to buzz out to that. I just decided. Well, good I'm going to buzz out to that with the wife. I'm going to make a weekend out of it. Yeah, be that's Tony a quick Bennett. Leave your thing. heart there. Leave your heart you there. You know what I mean? Because that's a good little fight. I like that fight. Yeah.
0: And then on ESPN, they have their show, and it's going to be Robesi Ramirez. And then Showtime. So in a lot of ways, it's emblematic of the fractured nature of boxing. Think about it. Boxing's a niche sport. Look how fractured it is, though, Mario. But anyway, look, this is an evolution. No one's dying. It'll move on. Absolutely. As Bob Arum once told me years ago, nothing ever changes. Nothing ever stays the same. Uh, moving on to the Ask Mario portion of Three Knockdown Rule. Here's one from Ryan Longer. Deep.
1: Have you or Steve ever met Al Heyman? And did you ever thank him? Did you thank him? First of all, I don't know who the hell Steve is. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> um, I actually had a conversation with Al Heyman. A long one. What? On the phone. So I still didn't meet him. He's, he like Kaiser, never told... he's like Kaiser Soze. Oh, I had a nice guy. Can I tell you something? Really nice guy. Yeah. When was this? This is when I was doing a show, if you remember, with uh, focusing on certain fighters. And he was he had Leo Santa Cruz, Adam Maras. He had all these guys. That's about eight, nine years ago. Yeah, then. exactly. And had a long conversation, about a half hour conversation with him. He was very much a gentleman um, and was very gracious with his time with me. But I never did meet. He doesn't live in L.A., he lives in Cleveland, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. So he. So that's why I was like, oh well, I'm not going to be going to Cleveland anytime soon. <laughs> so and Did there, you was, guys no, and there business? was no. And there was no. Yeah, we discussed business, and there was no Zoom. Right. So I didn't see him. Right. There was no Zoom then. He likes it that way. And so. Um, and so yeah. So I've talked to him, but I've never like shaken his hand. You, you see said, his boy all the time. Well, that's um, Sam Watson right, and right. his sons and his so sons the twins. <laughs> unlike 99%
0: of boxing, you've actually spoken to Al Ham. You know, long, long conversation. Of, most of his fighters have never actually met him. Or really shaking his hand. He, he's That's a mysterious wild. figure. He still has a
1: flip phone. So I've talked to him more than most of his fighters. doesn't he's have an email. Concert promoter.
0: Yeah, doesn't have an email. Hmm, yeah. Uh, here's one from Matt Rolls. Is this crop of fighters from 154 to 160 the weakest we've ever seen in the sport in, say,
1: 20, 30 years? Star power-wise, I think it is. Because we just discussed how Janabek is a great fighter, but unfortunately doesn't have the buzz or the cachet at like a, as like a triple G. So... I would say star power-wise, I don't know if the town's fallen off that much. You know what hurts it? 20 years, but... Lack of activity. Nobody builds anything. That hurts the sport in general. Right. And, and so... Not when, just those weight and classes. they're absolutely
0: right, but look, here's the thing. When the two Charlos rarely fight, and they could have been like the big names there, that's why it's important that a Tim Zoo just grabbed the bull by the horns He's and said, you know what, right. I'm going to make a career. He's doing it right. I'm going to get going. Mm-hmm. Here's one from Ivan. Crawford is 36. But is about that life, being in the gym and staying in shape. Yep. If he doesn't retire and keeps fighting, will Crawford be the closest thing to B-Hop? Beating good, maybe great level opposition after 40. P.S. I still remember when Hopkins gave Pavlik a clinic. I was there. What a performance.
1: Couldn't believe that, especially on the heels of him beating um, Taylor, twice yes who beat hopkins twice shaky decisions i thought both but anyway but 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 he won right so that's why the boxing math doesn't ever really um add up but yes that's a very good comparison if he stays within certain
0: weight classes or progresses up correct we didn't talk about this earlier we've talked a lot about crawford canelo maybe here's the thing because of his wbo super champion status being the champion at 147, do you know that Crawford has rights to pull the trigger and say, hey, I want Tim Zhu as the mandatory? What do you think of that fight?
1: I love that fight for him, and I think Who would it's you a favorite? smart fight for him. And I don't think Canelo is going to give him his fight anytime soon. I really don't. No. So he, just, he you don't want to die on the vine. I think he continues to build his star power if he were to beat in, in, face and beat uh, Zhu. Um, he continued to beat the drum for the potential right. Canelo fight. Speaking of Canelo, much like Fury is taking this big money fight with Nganu, obviously he's the best heavyweight uh, in the world and being the champion and all. On social media as of late, Conor McGregor and Canelo have been jabbing each other. I don't know if Canelo's at the point yet where like, Yo, let me just go grab this bag real quick, and 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 because Canelo's the kind of guy that might do that, and then he'll go back and fight like a Benavides or something. Which again, if you do that, just like Fury is doing that and going to fight Usyk, I don't have a problem because it's a fun novelty fight. But he, he's talking about—he's had sixty-four,
0: sixty-five fights. He's put in some work. I'd actually give him a pass. Of course, and he, and can. he, and he fights somewhat regularly, much more than Tyson Fury.
1: Absolutely. So, Look at the people. That's what I'm saying. Because I wouldn't be surprised if that actually becomes a reality is what I'm saying. And I think he deserves, not, not, I don't know if deserves the right word, but giving him a password, I, I don't think anybody will give him a hard time about it. No. And You, by, you, you understand what I'm saying? Like I, think I do. Get, I yeah. agree. And going
0: real back, real quickly, Tim Zhu would give Terrence Crawford a much more difficult fight than Errol Spence did a few months ago. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, no,
1: absolutely. By the way, I think Canelo, as opposed to Mayweather, would have no mercy. He's a mean dude. I think he'd put hands and hurt uh, McGregor. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, I don't disagree. (laughs) Ignacio Ortiz, after his win this weekend, does Janabek eventually fight Charlo, Adamas, or Lara to become undisputed at middleweight, or will politics prevent it? Oh, gosh. Uh, Also, what do you think of Subrio Matias against Urgeshev on the undercard of Benavidez Andre Again, Matias... Ergeshev people thought that was going to headline a Showtime card on November 4th. Yeah, that's Obviously, a fun little card now. that's not a bad little card. Here's the thing with Janabek. I looked at one of his mandatories rated number 1 in one of those sanctioning bodies where he holds the belt is Chris Eubank Jr. Hmm. Now, Mario.
1: That's one that could be a star-making. He should actually session. go to England. Yeah, you know what? Here you go. Oh, I like that. That's be- good. and I'll, that'll start clamoring. Oh, I like that's a good smart business decision. Because here's the thing and with Jannik. By the way, Janabek fought
0: in Rosenberg, Texas, which I've I've never actually heard of the city. It's not on the lot, outskirts of
1: Houston. Not a lot of Kazakhs there, I'm
0: assuming. Right? Assume. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a lot of Jewish folks in Rosenberg, right? But anyway, stupid. They <laughs> did not sell a lot of tickets. In fact, they had to kind of paper the arena. If he would go to the UK and fight Eubank at the O2 Arena, that's twenty thousand people. And look, look at the track record. There have been certain fighters that have been of American ilk, or even a Golovkin when he fought Kell Brook. That helped his brand. That fight sold out in twenty minutes. Absolutely, but do you think Eubank would want
1: that smoke? Do you want to be a champion or not? This is my well, thing. No, so I'm saying. Well, these guys, Kim, you oh, know yeah, that you hear right. they have quotes like, "I Being a champion is not important to me." You literally hear that. You know,
0: that's sad. That yeah, I know,
1: it's embarrassing. Because five How years can you say ago. Because that that's a five years ago. That's a rhetorical question. You're so, right about it. So, listen, not to switch gears too much, but coming up this Saturday is going to be one of the best UFC cards in a long mm-hmm. time. Islam Makachev is going to have a rematch with Lokonovsky. Um, uh Chemayev is going to fight Usman Kumaru. And when Dana approached him because his original opponent got hurt, and they said, Do you want. I um, mean, anyway, would you fight Volkanovsky, who has been in toughest fights with a little controversial? That guy's active. I he like said, him. "He said, you know what? I'm the champion. I'm supposed to fight the best. It shouldn't matter who's in front of me. If I train and I prepare, mm, bring wow. them on." So yes, I want to fight the best, and he said yes. And Dana said, "I'm going to put that quote on the wall. I'm going to make that a plaque." But that's the attitude you got to have as a fighter it shouldn't matter who's in front of you you should want the best yep. take that business hat off and worry about being a champion and he exemplifies what a real fighter this is a hardcore guy from dagestani you know what i mean so they don't make him like that here in america uh, anymore unfortunately but that's the attitude you need to have
0: well let me say this to all the boxers uh and all the boxing jock sniffers and all the groupies that live vicariously through these fighters um You may hate what Mario has said, and you might say you're not the one getting out there. You're not the one getting punched. What about fighter empowerment? All of that is true. I get it, but I make two points. Number one, the fighters choose to be in this profession. They are not forced to do this. Number two, they're actually getting paid very well. But this is the other question. Um, Which sport, UFC slash MMA or boxing, do you think is trending better in the United States based on those contrasting attitudes? Bottom line. So exactly. Anyway, moving on. Final flurries. Mario, the Dodgers are a great
1: team. All the way to October. What's going on? Well, in their slight defense, Julio Urias decided to wild out, put hands on his woman. Oh, that was the number one pitcher. He's out of it. Trevor Bauer got wrongfully railroaded, ra- railroaded yeah. and he was a stud. He's out of it. Dustin May got hurt, Gonsolin got hurt, and Bueller was hurt. They were bringing it back, Bueller. and then he got hurt yet again. Bueller. So all our so – we had rookies out there, bro. So And then Kershaw, unfortunately, yeah. he's got a lot of miles on him. That happened. So in our defense <laughs> – You went pitching, to that game when he got lit up, didn't he? Bro, I was that game. It was the last <laughs> game a good time, swing. though, wasn't it? I was, no, it was like, a great time. I was blaming <laughs> it on my daughter. She was bad luck. But with all that said, <laughs> no, that's God. cold as ice. That was cold as ice. <laughs> yeah. She just likes to go – it's funny because the kids – my daughter loves to go to the Dodgers games, not because of the games itself. People watching, like the food, Dodger dog, the I mean. peanuts, exactly, yeah. and all the stuff. And my son loves to go to the LAFC games because it's crazy. Yeah. the The amp, yeah. this and that. Both of them don't didn't like the football game. I do have yeah. football game. They didn't like the football game. My son loves fights too. But it's interesting to see why they like to go <laughs> to all these things. But the Dodgers, that was some bad bad luck. You can't win without pitching. I the rumor is Otani. Hopefully, we're going to get him and then, you know, back to the back to the drawing board. So we'll see. Let's move on to money. No, no, hold on, hold Football. on,
0: hold on. The game that Kershaw got lit up like a Christmas tree in the inning one. When did you leave? What what inning did you depart?
1: Chavez Ravine. No, I left like at the eighth. Eighth? at the eighth. Yeah, at the eighth. Up top. The, yeah, of most course. Most Dodger fans
0: would leave by the six. You stayed to the eight. No, I stayed to the eight. I, were, went, I didn't go to the night because it was... He had Margarita. You, you are a fan. fan. You are a fan. Yeah, salute. Yeah. Oh, salute. No, yeah, dude. And by the, the way, the you went good.
1: You went to Monday Night Football at SoFi Stadium. I'll never go again. Do you want me to tell you why? I don't care who they're playing. I'll never go to a Monday Night game or a Thursday Night game. I'm going to tell you why. A Monday Night game or a Thursday night. Those are the only games they have during the week, right? Monday and Thursday? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Never again, if it's ever, <gasps> Dude, it took me almost an hour and 40 minutes to get there because of the traffic. No game is Traffic in that. LA, no. No, but like that yeah. much, that bad, bro? Like that bad? I thought an hour maybe, okay, fine. Over an hour and a half, I was like, it's not worth it. I got there in a bad mood. Started slamming drinks and stuff just to kind of <laughs> shake it off. But it was I missed the first touch, the, uh, touchdown by the Chargers right there. I was, I was like, oh my gosh. But it's not worth it. It's not worth it because I had to go off of work. And dude, I left like at... Three forty. The games at yeah. five fifteen. I don't me know but the salty. games. I have to work, so the games at five fifteen. So I'm like, I, t- I looked look my wife. I said, we're never going to Monday night football game again. Sunday you can gauge yeah. you can go with time. It's easier Monday or a Thursday night. Never again. Not in LA. Not in LA. Maybe in some other city, but never in LA. So Mario,
0: what was it like going to a Dallas Cowboys home game?
1: First of all, it wasn't as many as I thought it would be, to be honest with you. Oh, it was
0: I thought, only 70-30 yeah. Cowboys no, 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 the no, no, I
1: thought it would be. It was maybe 60-40. Yeah. I thought it would be a lot. I thought it would be more like 80-20, yeah. to be honest with you. It wasn't as much as I thought. I was like, oh, this is surprising. But nonetheless, um, there were a lot of them there. It was frustrating. It was a good game. It was tied. And, I, I, you know, most of the time I'm mad at Staley, which I was. But my boy Herbert did have some struggles. But it wasn't like they got killed it's that no one has lost that was a sad stat. I read. No one has lost games closer yeah. by three points than the than the chargers have in the last couple of years. three points, yeah. Kim I'd write it's almost more. You'd rather get your ass kicked than just barely lose, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, it's so frustrating. Mr. Herbert, Mr. Unclutch, I have a question. Did oh, come you? on. He's made a lot of kids. My guy had one bad Mr. game. Get out of here. Because of the pattern. One bad game. I have game. a question. Did you see the
0: chingasos no between the Hombrito uh, fans of both the Chargers and Cowboys?
1: No, man. It was like, like Morales like, Barrera. I'm not looking at Oh, out. my not, God. Was there? They were, throwing ching- they were throwing hands, these fans.
0: I, I they was wild like,
1: out. I won't even. They wild out with Yeah, these. it was
0: all over Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Mario, who had a worse worse week last week, Jada or Brittany? What's going on there,
1: dude? <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith has turned into a supervillain. She turned has, has emasculated her husband so bad. I feel really bad. Like, yo, and, and then I don't know how she comes back from this. She really has. And what about Will? Well, will look. You're you're more like embarrassed for him, and just like you're like shaking your head. Would you actually kind of like get angry? We're talking about Jada, dude. She said everything from we haven't even been together. Yeah. Poor Chris Rock's like, yo, wait, what? Why I am mean, I getting slapped over here? or Keep no. my yeah. ex wife's name out your mouth. I mean, what the what the hell's yeah. going on? And then to where? Uh, Tupac asked her to marry her. That timeline doesn't matter. That, exactly. that one
0: meme. That one uh, yeah, meme. That's, not that's about meme. Oh my god. Took her yeah, sons, know, yeah.
1: introduced her to psychedelics, kept her from killing herself. Like, yo. She need I'm a I'm the kind of guy that ate. I like to keep my private life private. Putting it all out there, she's made herself incredibly polarizing. And then you got Britney out here. All of a sudden, wild out. Well, she's been wilding out you know, on IGV. You filed her. No, but I'm, so, I'm talking about volunteering a lot of information. I don't know. I feel like people took advantage of her because she doesn't talk like that normally. It's not like Jada just on social. Yeah. She's, just, she's just out there playing with her knives, nah, doing little crazy dances little and stuff. I think someone just kind of like maybe started putting a bunch of stuff in there. Brittany was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and they're then, like, hey, let's write a book about your life. Yeah, exactly. I don't think she's, you know what I mean? But yeah. Justin Timberlake's chilling at home it in his has, wife are like, damn, catching strays over here. Has her father been vindicated? Let me tell you something. All those Honestly. free Britney people and stuff. Yeah. Hello. They should have, they, should, they have blood on their hands from all this. Dude. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. People need to learn to mind their own business. No one's going to look out for you more than your parents. right? You know what I mean? Being a father, no one's going to, is going to look out for you more than that. It may look rough from the outside, but come on, man. I don't want this to end bad for you know. Right. She's really I've gotten to know her, she's a really nice person I, and and she's going through stuff. So I you want it to end on a positive note, but yo, mm. I, you start a rough you know, week. I mean, it's a, rough a ru- week. it's a rough week for those ladies out there. Man. Yes, it is. All right. Well, anyway, yeah. that's
0: it for this I week's. Edi- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week's edition of the Three Knockdown Rule. Again, if you want to sponsor mm. our show, email us at info mm. at boxbid.io. on behalf of Mario Lopez, Smoking Tim Fraser, and Tino. Tino on the edits till next week. Goodbye, everybody